You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. We're learning in this series how to leave a legacy. And legacy is what you leave when you leave behind. Everybody, listen, I got a stat for you. You're not going to love it, but it's true. One out of every one dies. I know. Welcome to church. Aren't you glad you came? It's a happy day today. But it's just true, everybody. Like, it's just the reality that we will not be here on this planet forever. And what you need to understand is what we do while we're here, it actually matters a whole lot. And what we want to do is we want to leave a legacy. We're going to live with the end in mind. See, legacy is what you leave when you leave. All of us are going to leave. Question is, what are you going to leave when you leave? What are they going to say at your funeral? And I know that sounds depressing, but I'm telling you it's a gift if you think about it the right way. Because those who are legacy-minded end up with intentional living. Or legacy thinking, come on, will help you with some intentional living. Because if you're going to leave a legacy, it's not going to happen on accident. Does that make sense? You're not just going to wake up one day and have a legacy. You're going to want to make some decisions to build that legacy. And so we've been talking about some of the decisions we need to make in order to help us leave a legacy. So what we, the big concept we talked about is we got to figure out what matters. Like I don't want to run after things that don't matter. You don't want to win at the wrong thing, right? You win at the things that matter. So we've been digging through God's word, like, God, what matters? What do we, where do we need to pay attention and, and put our focus? And what we discovered together, everyone say, everyone say, people matter. People matter. First and foremost, Scripture says, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, love each other deeply. People matter. Stretch yourself out to just love on some people. That's what that word meant. Love deeply is love stretched out. All just, I'm going to give everything I've got to help make sure people are loved on in my life. One of the greatest things you can do to leave a legacy is, is keep, keep people on your mind. I'm going to keep people on my mind. The other thing we looked at in the second week is, man, i got to get people on my mind, and then i got to get some vision all up inside my heart, right? Come on, tell your neighbor, say, you got to have a vision. 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 Don't just go running at life just to run at life. All of us are going to end up somewhere. You might as well get there on purpose, amen? Like get a vision for your life. Legacy people they, they see things different. They don't just see what is. They see what could be. Legacy people ask the question like, what if? What if? What if? And, and we talked all last week. If you missed it, jump back on our, on our YouTube channel or our podcast, audio podcast, and, and allow yourself just to get your heart filled with some vision. I want church, I want you to have some vision for your family, some vision for your finances, some vision, get some vision for your church, for how God wants to use your life. Amen, everybody? So we got those first two down. Here's the last thing I want to I preach on today. Legacy living. And we're going to keep people on our minds, get some vision in our heart. You ready? If you're ready, say ready. ready. You're going to keep investing with your life. See, a legacy life is an investing life. A legacy life gives of its life. Because none of the things we want to see happen will ever happen until we are investing. And I want to show you this principle in Scripture and help you with this today. Help us with this. Matthew chapter 5, verse 20, Matthew chapter 25 gives us a, a parable that Jesus tells um, about a master leaving his servants with some talents or some, I like to call them, some bags. They got some bags of money, all right? 
And here's what it tells us in Matthew chapter 25. It says, for the kingdom of heaven, it tells us, is just like a man going on a journey who calls his servants together and entrusted. I want to ever say entrusted. So he's entrusting these servants with something. In other words, it's not, watch this, it's not theirs, they're being entrusted with it. Another word for that is they're, they're to be stewards over it. It doesn't belong to them. They're just looking out for it, right? They're being trusted with it. Say it one more time, entrusted. entrusted. It's like a man going on a journey who calls his servants and entrusted them with his possessions. It says to one, he gave five talents or five bags of money. The other gave two talents. And the other, he gave one talent, each according to his own ability. And he goes on his journey. Says the servant who had received the five talents went out at once, put them to work. I love that. He put it to work. He, he, took, he took the five bags, he took the five talents, and he put it to work. He didn't sit on it, right? He put it to work. And it says, as he put it to work, he gained five more. Well, likewise, the one with two talents put it to work, right? And gained two more talents. But the servant who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. And after a long time, it tells us, the master of those servants returned to settle accounts with them. What this parable teaches us is a couple things. The first thing is this, is that God... God actually entrusts all of us with something. Okay, like, listen to me. God has given you something. We've all been entrusted with something. Some of us have been entrusted with uh, five somethings. Others have been entrusted with two. Some of you got one. But the reality is this. We've all got something that God has given us. And there's a sense in that the things that God has given you, God has actually entrusted to you. You're, you're to be stewards over it. So, so here's the, the first question we need to ask ourselves when we look at this, uh, this story Jesus tells us. Ready? Here's the question. Write it down. I want you to think about it this week. It's what have I got? Come on, what have I got? You got to look at what you got. And you need to realize this. God's given you what you got. Some of you, some of you have a certain amount of time some of you have a certain amount of time left. Some of you got a certain amount of resource. Some of you've got a, you got a certain amount of talent. You got a skill. You got an ability. Come on, what have you got? I need you to think about what you've got. Some of you, you've got a, you got a certain amount of, you got a certain amount of experience that God has given you in your life. Come on, think about your life. What have you got? Everyone ask your neighbor, say, what have you got? What have you got? Ask him, come on, what do you got? What do you got? Church, talk to your neighbor, ask him, what do you got? 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 I want you thinking about that. And here's what I know. Everyone's got something. God has entrusted you with something. So the first question is, what have I got? And now the second question. The second question is actually way more important than the first question. And here's the second question. Ready? What am I going to do with what I got? And I need you to understand that that question is way more important than the first question. Did you notice that in this parable Jesus tells, when the master comes back, what he's looking for is that they've done something with what he gave them. Let me show it to you. It says, finally the servant who had received the one talent came and said, Master, I heard that 
Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you the rest of the story. I'm jumping into this verse already. Okay, so the master comes back, master comes back, right, to, to um, find out what they did with what he gave him. It tells us that the one who had five bags, it tells us what happened. He had five bags more. So he comes and he goes, master, you gave me five and I got now 10. Here you go. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. You did a great job. Uh, guy with two comes back and says, I, I got two more. And he goes, well, well done, good job, way to go. And now the guy with one, right? We're all caught up. Guy with one is now standing before the master. And here's what happens. Here's what I want to see. Finally, the servant who had received the one talent, and he comes to his master, he says, Master, I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you had not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out, and I hid your talent in the ground. See, what you have given me belongs to you. The master said, you wicked servant. Next verse, replied the master. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Watch this. Then you should have deposited my money with the bankers and on my return, I would have received it back with, what's he say? Interest, right? This last guy who had the one bag and hid the bag and returns the bag, the master's frustrated with him. Why? Here's the question, why? He didn't do anything illegal. He didn't do anything immoral. But what he did is sat on what was given him. Are you following this? Watch. What he did wrong was instead of investing, someone say investing. Instead of investing what God had given him, he buried what the master had given him. Right? And so, what have you got? What are you going to do with what you got? What you do, are you following me? With what you got is actually far more important than what you got. And the reason I need you to know that is because if you don't know that, you end up, instead of investing what you've got, you end up comparing what you've got. You end up, hey, we end up complaining about what we got, right? So I, I look at what I got and I go, well, what I got isn't as much as they got. And, and, and what I have is, is not as good as what they have. And God says, this isn't about how much you got or what you got. It's about what you do, come on, with what you got. And, and what are you supposed to do with what you got? Here's, here's the whole point of this parable and what Jesus is trying to get across. God's challenge to you here is not to compare what you got or complain about what you got, not to bury what you got, but to watch, invest what you got. What God expects of all of us, figure out what I got, and then go invest what I got. Listen to me. If you're going to leave a legacy, and you are, I believe it. Every single one of you can leave a legacy. If you're going to leave a legacy, listen, a legacy life is an invested life. A legacy life is taking whatever God gave me, however much I have, however little I have, however diverse it might be, or however simple it might be, I'm going to take what God put in my hand, and now I'm going to use it and invest it and grow it, right, for his kingdom and for his glory. That's all God is expecting of me. That's what he's looking for in every single one of us, that we would have an invested life. Here's my question for you. What are you doing with what you got? Are you investing what you got? Now, I want to do everything I can just to encourage you Invest what you got. 
A couple things you need to understand about invested life. This is what you're going to walk out of here today with. Like, we're going to walk out of here with some invested lives. A couple things you need to understand about invested life is, first of all, write this down. I'm going to give you two big points. Here's the first big point. It's this. is that an invested life, an invested life is the only life that grows life. And I'll explain that to you. An invested life is the only life that's going to make a difference in life. Does that make sense? An invested life grows life. Watch the master. Through investment, expected them to grow what was given them. The master, through investment, expected them to expand what had, they had been given, right? To invest what they had been given and grow what they had been given. The growth came through investment. Investment brought about growth. Everybody listen. Nothing will grow in your life without investment. Your legacy won't grow. Your influence won't grow. Your marriage won't grow. Come on. Without investment. And if you're going to live an invested life, here's what's going to happen. All of a sudden, you're going to see a growing life. That makes sense? You're going to see an expanding life. Why? Because I'm investing. If I choose not to invest, well, nothing's going to grow. Okay. We all want growth. We want what's next to be better than what is. We, we want the marriage to grow, the business to grow, the finances to grow, the church to grow. Like no one sets out on anything in life. You don't set out and your path in life and say, what I want to do is just kind of make it by. Matter of fact, I, just want, I, I might even just want to fail at a whole bunch of things. No one says that. Everyone says, I want to succeed. I want to grow. I, 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 I want to do well. Well, what this parable is teaching you, if you are going to do well, don't take your bag and bury it. Take what he's given you and invest it because it's only an invested life. Come on, that grows life. Are you getting this? Yeah. So we, we love to talk about this concept of growth. We like the idea of growth. But it's foolish to think that a marriage is going to be better tomorrow without an investment today. Now that makes sense when we're sitting in church. But we all like the idea of a better marriage. But what we don't like is the idea of an investment into a marriage. It's called a date night. It's called, oh, we're at a spot where, where we need some counseling. It, hey, we need, a, we need a, oh, it's going to hurt. We need to get some kids out of our bedroom. That's for, that's for a couple of you. I'm just going to, I don't even, but, whew, I felt that right there. Somebody, somebody. So I, 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 like, there's things that should be happening in your bedroom, married couples, that your kids can't be in there for. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if you're going to invest in your marriage, you got to get some kids, you got to get some kids out of the room. That was for somebody today. All right. It wasn't in my notes. <laughs> if you want tomorrow to be better, you got to choose to invest in today. It's foolish to think that your kids are going to succeed tomorrow without investment today. Listen, the, the quickest way to take momentum out of your child's life is to not invest in their life. The, the best way you could add momentum to a child's life is by investing in their life. And listen, before you have, go and have kids, everyone's like, I just want to have kids. Before you have kids, let me warn you, they take a lot of investment. Hey, hey, daddy, hey, daddy, listen to me. Don't you go, don't you go off getting, don't go off getting anyone pregnant unless you're ready to be a daddy. Like to be a father. Come on, amen. Oh, like there's four people clapping in the room. They're like, this is a really uncomfortable conversation. Girls, you shouldn't even be 
anywhere near a guy who's not ready to be a daddy and be a father. And they got to have some momentum in their life. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to have kids, and they take a lot of investment. Yeah, thank you, Chris. Chris, here's that amen. Chris is in double, double investment right now in his life. So I'm telling you, they, they come to you screaming, just so you know. Like if you haven't been, they screaming. What are they screaming? Invest in me. They wake you up in the middle of the night and say, invest in me, me, me. Come on. Just everything's just me. Invest in me, invest in me, invest in me. And you go and you invest and you love and you, it's everything that they need when they're little. And then they grow up a little bit and you're investing in them time as they're trying to work through everything with their friendships and all of this. And I'm just telling you, you think, you think that at some point they're going to stop, like stop, they don't need investment anymore. But I'm telling you, I, I don't know. My oldest is 22 and all I got to say to you, when you, if you think the investment's ever going to stop, I'm telling you, that's a lie. It's just, it's, they always need investment. Come on, the parents in the house. Hey, here's what it looks like in my house right now, everybody. It, it, it looks like, it looks like, like, so I got a 22-year-old. I got a, I got, you know, Cadence is, Cadence is my youngest, and she's, she's 17, and she still wants investment. You know what? We know what we get from her. She'll send us a text, and it's just an Apple payment request. That's all we get. Love you, Dad. You got 20 bucks? And it's, they've made it, it's so frustrating because they used to have to come to you and you have to pull out cash and if they weren't around you, you couldn't get, they could be anywhere in the world right now and get 20 bucks from you out of your pocket. It takes, listen, but listen, I gladly invest in my kids. Why? Because I want them to have momentum. And I know without investment, they'll have no, there's, I, I rob them of momentum. And I want them to be able to stand on my shoulders and, and, and go further and farther than ever and I've ever gone. I'm just trying to get you to understand you've got something and that something will do nothing unless you invest that something, right? Like I got to invest in my marriage. I got to invest in my kids. I got to, and everything in life works like that. I don't care if you're trying to learn to cook. You're not going to learn to cook without some investment. I mean, you got to go out and buy all them fancy pans and all this stuff. And then you got to take time to learn recipes and try recipes and then feed your family the stuff that you just tried. And you kind of, you get some feedback, right? And it takes investment. Does that make sense? So here's my challenge to you, church. You want to leave a legacy. Why don't you try investing what you've got? Some of you have been sitting on it far too long. And so, like, just real practically, like, try Instead of hoarding, try investing. So, like, you got friends? Listen, let me help you. Don't just have friends. Invest in your friends. That make sense? You watch what happens if instead of you making everything about you and I just got friends, now all of a sudden I'm going to flip it and they're going to be, when you get around me, you're going to get invested in. Why? Because I'm going to leave a legacy life, Right? And therefore, I'm going to have an investing life. And when you get around me, you're going to get invested in. You're going to walk out of here, from my presence, more full than you came in, right? Why? Because I just got an investing life. I'm going to be a plus and not a minus, right? I'm not always going to withdraw from your bank, withdraw from, hey, I want to, can I, can I give to you today? Can I invest in you today? Don't just have friends, invest in friends. Don't just have kids, invest in kids. Come on, don't just go to church. We're going to invest in church. We're going to build the church. Amen? Hey, we're not, listen, let me help you real quick. Don't just go to heaven. I'm not just going to heaven. Man, I'm investing in heaven. I'm, I'm growing heaven. I'm expanding heaven. I'm doing everything I can to see heaven full and hell emptied in Jesus' name. Like, we're going to invest. Why? Because that's a legacy, you see. It's a legacy. 
is a legacy life, is an invested life. An invested life is the only life that grows life. It's the only life that expands life. And the main focus of a Christian, it it needs to be investing in eternal things. Because you can invest in some things that are just bad investments. But God says there's one investment you can make that always will always pay off the greatest return. And that's our investment in heaven. So it says this in, in the book of Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. In Matthew chapter 6, it says, for the screens, there it is. It says, don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Don't, don't just keep investing, come on, in everything on earth. It's a sinking ship, right? Going bankrupt. So don't just keep investing your treasure and everything on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break, up, break in and steal. He says there's a better investment you could make. And it's any investment that populates heaven. It's any investment that's of eternal value. If we learn anything else from this parable that Jesus tells, it's that someday every one of us are going to give a reckoning with our life. Did you see that? He was gone a long time, the master was, and then he came back and he said, what did you do with what I gave you? And I want you to know that on that day where we stand before God, we have to ask ourselves this question, did what we invest in really matter? And you know what really matters? It's the things that of eternal value. It's the things that are being tucked away where moth and rust do not destroy and thieves do not break, up and break in and steal. Amen? So we're going to live an invested life and an invested life grows life. Amen, church? So here's the second thing I'm gonna write down. Invested life grows life. We're gonna leave a legacy. We're gonna live an invested life that grows life. And then the second thing I want you to understand about an invested life is that an invested life, when you choose to live this way, Man, an invested life is a blessed life. It's a full life. Second Corinthians chapter 9 says this. It's a kingdom principle that when you go to invest your life, there's something you need to be thinking about, okay? Like some of you are asking, well, how much do I invest? How much of my time do I give? How much of my resource do I give? How much of my talent do I use? How much? How much? Someone say how much. And we're asking ourselves, how much? How much? I know I'm supposed to invest, but how much, Right? Okay, so scripture now helps us with the how much. And it helps us by giving us this principle. Here's here's how you determine how much. He says, just keep this in mind when you're thinking about it. Whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously is going to reap what? Generously. So he goes, when you're trying to decide what you're going to do with your time and your resource and with your, with your gift you've been given and the talent, when, when you're sitting there and you're like, how much do I give? And what, 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 he says, listen, you can actually live a, a blessed life by investing freely. See, whoever sows sparingly is going to reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously is going to reap, say it with me, generously. Okay, so, so here's what he says, think about. He goes, I want you to think about, I want you to think about two farmers. And these two farmers, they both have the same pile of seed, right? And they're looking at the pile of seed and they're trying to decide what they're going to do with the pile of seed. And you can only do two things with your pile of seed. One is you can grind it up, make yourself some bread. And you can eat the bread and consume the bread and it's going to be your bread because that's your seed. And therefore, I'm going to, from that seed, make myself some bread, right? And you make yourself some bread. 
The other thing you could do with that seed is you could keep some so you can sow it into the ground so you could have a harvest that next season. You only get to do two things. He says, one farmer, we're going to call him Farmer Joe. Someone say, Farmer Joe. Joe? Farmer Joe. He's like, what did, what did he say right now? I said, Farmer Joe. Farmer Joe is a cautious farmer. Farmer Joe is, well, Farmer Joe is a close-fisted farmer. And what Farmer Joe does is he says, well, I got my pile of seed, and man, I, it's, a, it's a long winter, and so I'm going to keep a lot of it for myself so I can make some bread for myself. And he goes, and he keeps a lot for himself, and he keeps, keeps a little bit to sow back into the seed for next year. That's Farmer Joe. He's, he's very cautious. Farmer John, on the other hand, has the same pile of seed, but see, Farmer John, he's a generous farmer. And so he just keeps what he needs just the basic, just, just enough to get him through the summer. And he decides with all the rest to sow it back into the ground. We'll play this out in your head. Same pile of seeds, but two different decisions that end up producing two different outcomes that set their lives into two different trajectories and down two different paths. When summer comes, Farmer Joe has now an even smaller amount of seed. Why? Because he didn't have a whole lot of crop. There wasn't any, there's, 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 there's no harvest because he didn't put a lot in the ground. His pile's gone down. And he, Farmer Joe tells himself, it's been a rough year. It's been hard. Things aren't looking too good. I don't know what I'm going to do because winter's coming. Farmer John, on the other hand, looks at an increase. Why? Because he sowed more seed in the ground. Therefore, there was more harvest coming out of the ground. And he says, thank you, God, for blessing me. Thank you, God, for be good, being good to me. Thank you, God, for giving me what I need. Now I'm going to have some kept over for winter and keep the rest to invest in the ground for the next season. Do you see the pattern? One, watch, is a, is a life lived of an ever-increasing amount of blessing. The other is an ever-decreasing amount of blessing. All dependent on whether they sowed sparingly or they sowed generously. And that's a biblical principle that comes in and applies to everything you got and everything you do with what you got. Whether it's your time, your resource, your talent, what are you going to do with what you got? How much of it do you give? How much of it do you invest? All depends on the blessing you want to receive back. The Bible tells us in the book of Proverbs that the, the life of the generous gets larger and larger. The life of those who are just generous. They're just, hey, I'm going to bless you today. I'm going to invest in people today. I'm going to, I'm going to invest in my friendship. I'm going to invest in my kids. I'm going to, I'm going to invest. And as what, he, what he says is, is that that life just gets, it spirals upward. It gets larger and larger. But the life of the greedy the life of the, of the like Farmer Joe, it just swirls down and down. And, and some of us feel that in our lives today. Like life is just spinning and frustration sets in. And listen, it could be, it could be that you've been living close-fisted and not open-handed. 
And God says, I need you with everything that I've given you to live open-handed, to, to invest in the lives of others, to invest in the kingdom, to invest in what God's up to, to invest. So here's the question for all of us. We asked a couple of them today, right? What have I got? What am I gonna do with what I got? And the last one is this. Am I closed-fisted or am I open-handed? Am I closed-fisted or am I open-handed? What have you got? What are you gonna do with what you got? Hey, I tell you what, I'm gonna invest what I've got. I'm gonna give what I've got. I'm gonna trust God with what I've got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take him at his word. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust him with my gifts and my talents and my skills and my, my health and my experience. I'm, I'm just gonna keep investing what I've got in Jesus' name. Can I show you one more verse as we close? Ben, if you come up and help me fill this in. Book of Moses is another spot where this book of Moses, the book of Moses, anyone know the book of Moses? The book of Exodus, I was like, where's that at in my Bible? Book of Exodus. Book of Exodus, we meet a man named Moses. And, and Moses has been called by God, just like we, church, have been called by God to do extraordinary things. Like Moses is getting ready to lead millions of people out of slavery and into the promised land, okay? And God comes to Moses and says, I've chosen you. Church, God's saying, I've chosen you. Come on, God, God, is, God has chosen you. He's chosen us to do incredible things. And Moses is going, okay, God, I, I got a problem. Watch, here's what Moses says, speaking to God. Moses says, what if they don't believe me or listen to what I say? Like in other words, God, how are they going to know that you're with me? How are they gonna know that you're doing this thing? How are they gonna know that it's you and not me, right? What if I go to them and they say to me, the Lord didn't appear to you. This isn't God doing this. Well, the Lord says to him this. He says, what do you got? I'm sorry, what's it say? He says, what's in your hand? It's the same question. What do you got? He says, Moses, don't worry about what people are gonna think or what they're gonna say. Or whether Here's what you need to worry about is like what's in your hand. You, you want proof? that I'm with you, you want proof that I'm gonna work through you, you want proof that I'm gonna do something in you to lead people out of slavery and into the promised land. God, God's gonna do that, by the way, church. He's gonna lead people out of slavery and into the promised land all over the place, through us and through our church. Say, well, how, how God, what, what's the sign? He says, do this, take what's in your hand, look at what you got. He goes, Moses goes, here's what I got, it's a staff. He's like, Mo, it's, like it's not a lot, God, it's a stick. God, I got a stick in my hand. I got one bag, I got one talent. Just one thing, it's a stick. And the Lord said, watch this. He said, throw it on the ground. Pause, watch. God's saying, take what I've put in your hand and invest it into what's in my heart. And what's in my heart right now, what I'm telling you to do with what you've got is throw it on the ground. So he goes, okay. And he throws it on the ground. And it says this, Moses threw it on the ground and it became a snake and he ran from it. He's like, I hate snakes. Turns into a snake. It's like, this is, this is crazy. Like, what is, what is God doing? I took the thing that was in my hand and I did with it what God said, what came out of his heart. I throw it on the ground and it turns into a snake. And then God says to him this. The Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it by the tail. I tell you, it was easier to throw it down and then pick it back up. Amen? Like, it's easier to go, here, God. And then God says, now take it back again. You're like, what? All God is saying to him is just do what I'm telling you to do with what I put in your hand. Okay. So he's scared of the snake, but he walks, walks over, and in obedience to God, he picks up his staff again. And it says he grabs it by the tail, he stretches out and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. Now watch this, watch, watch. 
This, the Lord said, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. This is a sign that I am with you. This what? This, me working miracles through what's in your hand as you do with it what's in my heart. Is that connecting everybody? Some of us have got some stuff in our hands. And I'm not just talking about your money. I'm, not ta- I'm talking in your life. And you know God has been saying, throw it on the ground. And you go, God, I don't want to throw it on the ground. Some of you, some of you need to be obedient and say, okay, God, I'm just going to, I've been holding on to stuff a little bit too tight and I need to let go of it. And some of you are in that place today. Others of you are in the spot where God's like, you've, you've thrown stuff and God said, pick it up again. Like, but God, I don't like that thing. I, don't, I like snakes. I don't like God, pick it up again, pick it up again. And you know in your heart, even as I'm saying it to you right now, God's asking you right now to pick up some things again. Here's what I can promise you, is that when you're obedient to do what God has asked you to do, he gonna show up and work miracles. It's through that same staff when, when Moses was willing to do with what God put in his hand, the things that were in God's heart, is with that same staff that Moses stretched it out over the sea. Remember that? And that sea stood up on end as Moses was doing what God had asked him to do with what he had put in his hand. The sea stood up on end. It was that same staff that would heal bitter waters. It was that same staff that would bring fresh water in the middle of, of, of the desert where there was no water. I mean, God is just doing miracles. And the only thing Moses is doing is taking his one thing and doing everything God asked him to do with the thing God had given him to do it with. Is that making sense, everybody? Listen, I'm telling you, when we're willing to live like that, you're going to leave a legacy. You're going to watch God do miracles all around your life, things that you can't explain other than God did it. But God will do it, his part, when you do your part. Does that make sense, everybody? Church, listen. Throughout this legacy series, my prayer for you has been is that you, you start to live with the end in mind. And that you just start, come on, if we can do this, I tell you, 2023 will be so different. Like, like the, you're going to end this year with more momentum than you know what to do with. It's, listen, come on. You just start carrying some people on your heart. Get some vision all up inside your heart. And make investments with your life. You say, people on my mind, vision in my heart, and investment with my life. People on my mind, vision in my heart. Come on, an investment with my life. What, what am I doing? I'm walking around. I got people on my mind. I got, I got vision all up inside my heart, and I'm just making investments with my life. And as you do, I'm telling you, you're gonna leave a legacy. God is going to bless and show up every single time. Church, listen to me. Our city will be different. Your neighborhood's gonna be different. Your friends are gonna be different. Your family's gonna be different. As we continue to live with a legacy life in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, 
If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us.